So happy new year, everyone. Now's the time that you've made incredible decisions about going to the gym, what you're not going to eat, healthy stuff, and uh, getting as muscular as Pastor Juan. And those are all of our goals that sometimes last for about two to three weeks, right? Sometimes. Hopefully we stick to them this year. I want to talk to you this morning about a word called urgency. When you think of the word urgent, what pops into your mind that causes that urgency in your heart? Perhaps it's being late to the airport, where the urgency causes you to speed. The urgency causes you to road rage a little bit because someone is going the speed limit in front of you and you need to get around them. Perhaps the urgency is when you come up around the corner, you see the state trooper in the distance. And all of a sudden there is urgency to slam on your brakes. So what causes you urgency? Late to an appointment? Remember when Noah couldn't even walk, he was crawling. You know, we, we put Haley in swimming lessons when she was an infant. You know that crazy torture that parents do where they put their kids in a swimming pool, they give them to some teacher that says, oh, they can swim as an infant. And they do. It's crazy. They, they will throw them down face down and they figure out a way to float to the top where the kids are screaming and gurgling water and calling their mom and dad's name as they float to the side. It's a survival tactic that a lot of parents do here in Florida because there's a lot of swimming pools. Noah never took swimming lessons. Haley did. And it tortured me more than I think it tortured Haley. But Noah was fearless. And so Deborah and I were at the side of the pool and we're like, let's see what happens. And so he crawled to the edge of the pool and doop doo doo felt the water and he saw his sissy in there swimming and then went bloop right off to the side and 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 Noah went all the way to the bottom. He didn't float, went all the way to the bottom, and then he looked up as Deborah and I sat there looking at him, going, Okay, we have a couple seconds here. And urgency began to fill our hearts because all that came out of Noah was he was looking up and you saw these bubbles. Bloop, bloop. He didn't panic. He's little bubbles up to the top and I dove in and grabbed them. That causes urgency in a parent. Every time we're around a body of water, we got to keep an eye on Noah. That's urgency. When Haley was in fourth grade, Deborah and I received a phone call. She was on a field trip. One of the only field trips Probably the only field trip we decided not to go on. We're like, ah, let's let her go. She's in fourth grade. And Deborah thinks it was our mistake as parents not being there because this wouldn't have happened if we were there. But when she went, we got a phone call from the school and said, yeah, we had to call the EMTs uh, to come and check Haley because she blacked out. And she completely passed out. We didn't know what it was because it started to happen frequently. And so the urgency in a parent's heart was, okay, this is not normal. Why is our daughter passing out so often? And so then the schedule to 
her doctor, then the schedule to the neurologist who was expedited to a neurologist that was a six-month wait, and it was unbelievable that we were able to get in in just a couple weeks. And then the actual visit. And then here's a picture of Haley um, when she was in uh, fourth grade, and there she is, all connected up. Now, think about it, young parents. You don't know what's happening to your child. You don't know what is the cause of her passing out. And so there is this incredible urgency, and she's giving me a little attitude there, by the way. That's an attitude face from Haley. And, and, uh, and so you have this urgency is, I need answers. I need answers. Nicole, you had that several years ago. You wanted answers to what was going on. And there's an urgency in the soul of what is wrong with my, my kid, my child. What is going on? So what causes you to have urgency in your life? So the question I want to ask today is, when was the last time you had spiritual urgency? These are all matters that we care about. A drowning child, being late to the airport, something wrong with my child, what's going on? By the way, she was okay. Nothing was wrong with Haley. And uh, she had some sort of just passing out thing that she was doing. Um, but what about your spiritual life? Do you have spiritual urgency in your life? And this is um, not a spiritual urgency as, oh, something bad really happened. And so now I have this urgency. Because typically, when something bad happens to you, it refocuses the trajectory of your thoughts. It refocuses your mind. It refocuses your emotions. When a loved one suddenly dies... When something tragic happens, when you lose your job, those are things that happen to refocus you. And it causes an urgency and possibly even a cry out to God. So do you have spiritual urgency in your life? A desperation for God's presence in your life? A desire to experience the Spirit of God? A hunger that only God can satisfy? Because here's the thing. There's a lot of us that often seek to satisfy this soul hunger <clears throat> through our jobs. Because sometimes we get identity from our jobs. Through material possessions. Through relationships or multiple relationships. Through false identity. Where you set your identity on certain things that isn't really your God-given identity. And so we seek to satisfy this soul hunger, this soul craving by those types of things. But do you have a Psalm 13 type of spiritual urgency? What was Psalm 13? So this is a psalm from David. And understand that David at this time when he 
wrote this, whether it was a worship song, whether it was a prayer, whether it was a poem, he had done everything right. He'd killed a giant. He became the hired personal worship leader of the king. He had done everything right and had been obedient to God. And all of a sudden, there was a jealousy between his employer, the king, and him. And there was hit songs that were written about him. Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his what? Tens of thousands. He had done everything right. And then he was on the run. Living in caves. And at this point, in the time of David's life, he was completely by himself. Do you have a Psalm 13 spiritual urgency? Listen to the words of, of David's spiritual urgency. How long, Lord... How long will you forget me? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? And day after day have sorrow in my heart. You are hearing urgency. How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer Lord my God. Have you ever had a prayer like that? Look to me and answer me. And this is probably the most powerful phrase. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. He would rather hear a word from the Lord. He would rather die. Sleep in death. David was extreme. And he pursued God in that manner as well. That's why he's the only man in Scripture that is given the title of a man after God's own what? Heart. He pursued God with everything that he was. There was spiritual urgency that was a constant in his life. And he would rather, he penned it, he would rather die if he wasn't going to hear any word from the Lord, he was desperate, urgent. He would rather sleep in death. Lord, speak to me. Do we have that kind of spiritual urgency? Let me tell you what the greatest killer of spiritual urgency is. It's being comfortable. You get that? It's being comfortable. When you have urgency in your life, it is always a state of discomfort. Always. It is always uncomfortable when there is urgency in your life. And the same goes with spirituality. See, problem is, is that for many church-attending Christians, urgency is not the default mode. Complacency is. And the problem with complacency, it's very hard to see in the mirror. That's the tricky part of it. That's why it's the killer of spiritual urgency. 
I don't know if you've ever read any of um, C.S. Lewis. And uh, there is a book that he wrote. It was years ago that I read this. And it's called The Screwtape Letters. And it is about an older demon mentoring a younger demon. And so C.S. Lewis's crazy imagination brings a very colorful view of the strategy and the tactics of demonic warfare on a person's soul. And so he starts to talk, this Uncle Screwtape, which is the older demon, is talking to this younger demon. This younger demon walks up to him and is pretty excited. And the younger demon says, oh, so guess what I did to this guy that I'm going after? So I made him lose his job. And how did I do that? I got him really sick. And so he's very proud that somehow he worked that out where the guy got sick, the guy lost his job because he couldn't go to work, got sent home, and the older demon said, what are you thinking? When you do things like that, and you make humans desperate, it forces them on their knees because they have great need in their life. And so Uncle Screwtape, the older demon, is like, that's not the strategy. Don't get them sick. Don't let them lose their jobs because they turn to the guy who we lose to every time they call on his name. And he says, let me tell you how to do it. Give them stuff. Let them be successful. Make them comfortable. Because when they're comfortable, they have no need for God. And this is why complacency and comfort is the spiritual, the, ur the spiritual urgency killer. Because it's a tactic. Because when we're comfortable, do we have a need for Jesus in our lives? Is there a desperation? See, I'm praying in 2022 that we will declare war on spiritual complacency and embrace urgency. It's a little over a year ago, Pastor Juan and Justin and I came together, and we were praying, and we were worshiping together. It was all in my office. Seeking God's guidance to what warehouse community would become. We didn't even know it would be called warehouse community at the time. We were just praying, God, lead us. What do you want here? And two questions during that time of worship and that prayer time emerged. And we feel like those were Holy Spirit questions that were put in our, our hearts as we started to ask that and talk to other people about these two questions. So the first question is, what must Warehouse Community do in two to three years that will inspire people a hundred years from now? So this is not a small two to three year, five year plan. What would happen in two to three years if we really took 
God's purpose for our lives seriously, what impact could it make to our children's children 100 years from now? What will they say about us 100 years from now? Or will it be forgotten in 10 years, 20 years? So the question creates urgency. And the second question was, what would people who don't come to church see in people who are a part of warehouse community? And so that question kind of spurred on certain descriptive words or descriptive phrases as a group of us got together and wrestled with these questions. We wrote down hundreds of little words that would describe what people would see for people who had spiritual urgency in their life that was focusing on God and God alone, what would that look like to people who don't typically come to church? What would that look like to your colleagues that don't, anything, don't know anything about your church or don't even know what the word church means? And so, as you think of the magnitude and the implications of these questions, a sense of urgency should start to percolate a little bit. Because two to three years is coming fast. And the, the descriptive words kind of follow suit. And we didn't know this at the time, but follows what our vision of the Forest Lake Church is. The vision for the Forest Lake Church is pretty simple. GPS, a passion for God, a passion for people, and a passion to serve the world. GPS. And it kind of follows that sequence, um, these descriptive words that this group of people came up with of what would that look like for people who follow God passionately? What would that look like to the outside world? And here's priority number one. This is passion for God. So these are descriptive words. Holy Spirit flowing, intimate with Jesus, spiritually challenging, not only yourself being spiritually challenged, but challenging each other spiritually. Jesus seeking, and of course, prayer being a huge part of this community in our life. So is, is this how your coworkers would describe you? If we were to interview your coworkers right now, would they describe you as a person that's Holy Spirit flowing, intimate with Jesus, spiritually challenging, Jesus seeking, and prayer? It's a challenge, right? What would your friends, would that your friends describe you as this? This is what we're striving for. This is what should create spiritual urgency in your life. So that was a passion for God. Now this is passion for people. So these are continued descriptive words of what warehouse community people should strive for. And it, by the way, this, these things cannot be manufactured. You can't fake these things. These are only things that can be lived out because the Holy Spirit is in your life. I don't want you to confuse that, oh, okay, how do we fake that? Or how do we put that together? Because I'm a pretty good guy. This is something that you seek God with your whole life, your whole strength, Everything that you are. And then something starts to change within you. Because now your identity is set on God and not other things. And then that translate, because you're so passionate for God, 
God calls you to love people passionately. And so you're passionate about people as well. And so here are the descriptor words of, of uh, passion for, for people. You would have an inflammable love. That's what you would be described as, an inflammable love. You would have acceptance of all people. You would have an infectious person. There's something about you that people like. What's going on with this person? You would be bold, but you'd also be vulnerable and inclusive. And you would also be described as sacrificially generous, sacrificial generosity. These are all things that describe the early church as well. And those are all things that point to people. And then um, we, we discussed, okay, what are some other things about passion to serve our community, serve the world? And here's some descriptive words that, that we came up with. This is over a year ago we talked about this. So, seeking the lost. Do we do that often? Do you personally, as, as a follower of Jesus, take that seriously of knowing that someone does not have Jesus in their life? Do you strive somehow to plant the seeds of the gospel by what you say, by how you live? Seeking the lost. Discipling those seeking to walk them through what it means to follow Jesus. A people who have contagious relationships, helpful to anyone in need, family-focused and welcoming, and also community-centered. That it's not just about us in the room, but it's about the people out here that we want to show Jesus to. So is there spiritual urgency in your life today? So happy birthday, warehouse community. You're officially 364 days old. Tomorrow will be 365 days. That's something you can applaud, by the way. That's pretty awesome that we've been around for a year and no one has died yet. A couple of us feel like we have died over the last year, but um, tomorrow will officially be one year that we have been warehouse community, and we kind of transition. You heard Lizette talk about from upper room to, to warehouse community. And I asked you a question 364 days ago that I'm going to ask you again today. So 364 days ago, I asked you this question. If a total stranger came up to you, they had no Christian background, and they asked you this question, what is church? How would you respond? They have no background. They, don't, they hear you talk about, oh, I'm going to be at the church. Oh, I'm going to hang out with my church people. Uh, and then they stop you in an elevator. And they're like, hey, you've been talking about this church thing. So what is church? What would your response be? We've been at this for a year now. Hopefully you have a response. We got that from Matthew 16. It was the very first time the word church was ever used. And Jesus was asking a question about identity. And he was talking to his disciples, and he said to his disciples, Hey, who do people say that I am? 
verse 14 says, well, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And then he leads, okay, that's good, that's what people are saying, but who do you, you guys who've been hanging out with me for a while, who do you say that I am? Peter responds immediately. He says, well, I tell you that um, you are the Messiah, the Son, the living God. Of course, Jesus says, you're right, Peter. And he says, and, and I tell you that you are Peter, which this is a play on words, by the way. You're a, a little pebble. And on this rock, Jesus pointing to himself as the rock, on this rock, I will build my church, which the word church is literally means the called out ones. And the gates of hell will not overcome it. First time church is ever used. And not only was the church established by Christ, it was built on Christ. He is the perfect foundation. And the church is an unstoppable force. It cannot be stopped. And only with Christ as the foundation can the church be effective for what, the God, what God calls the church to do. And so this last year, we have studied the early church. We have discovered, we have explored, we have experienced what church is. And we are barely scratching the surface of what church should be. And ultimately, as we've studied, as messed up as the church has been throughout history, and even today, the church is still God's plan for taking the gospel to the world. It will never change because Christ is the foundation. If we make it anything other than Christ, it will not be effective. It will not fulfill the craving of the soul. So I want to say something here, and it's going to sound harsh, but I'm preaching to myself as well, okay? So when I say this, just know that this is a challenge for me. It's not pointing the finger you. It's also to me. Because if you are in a spiritual coma, a state of comfort, a place of complacency, you may not feel any sense of urgency to pursue Jesus as the early church did. You may not feel that. But if you are sick of this earth, sick of the sin-riddled, ho-hum life that we live here, there is a boiling within your soul that will eventually become a volcanic explosion when it gets to its boiling point. And that is the spiritual urgency that I hope and pray is being birthed within you. For those of 
you who are in a coma, a spiritual coma. I am praying that God will do whatever it takes to disrupt your comfort. I'm praying that for myself. I'm praying that for our Forest Lake Church community and our warehouse community. God will do whatever it takes to disrupt your comfort. Giving you a sense of desperate need to pursue Jesus with all you got. An urgency of a hunger in your soul that nothing can fulfill except Jesus himself. So next week, Pastor Juan is inviting some of you, some friends, up on this platform to share stories. Let me be clear, it's not stories about warehouse or warehouse success or warehouse failures, because there's been both sides. But this is stories about God working in people's lives. What is God doing in your life right now? And so you will hear stories next Sabbath, and I hope you hear, I hope you invite some friends, because you will hear stories of spiritual urgency, stories of brokenness, stories of people seeking God or what God's doing, stories of miracles. And we want you to hear how God is working. And then, let me just fast forward to February and March so we kind of have what we're expecting. In February and March, is kind of exciting. You're not going to be hearing from Pastor Juan or myself or Pastor Justin. You're going to be hearing from Pastor Matt, Forest Lake Church's lead pastor. And he is going to be taking the whole church, and it's going to be kind of chaotic. And the guy's going to be on a golf cart, and he's going to preach a service over there, run over here, preach sir, preach here and run back over there and preach again at second service. So three times a Sabbath from February to March he is going to be taking the whole church through what is our vision at the Forest Lake Church? What does a passion for, for God, passion for people, passion for service mean? What about our mission? What's our mission? Why do we exist? We exist to live the gospel. What does that mean? And he's going to take us through our values, which create the culture of the church. So he's doing that all of February, all of March. Excited about that. All of which point us to spiritual urgency. So in 2022, may spiritual urgency be the driving force of our collective journey towards Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, I just pray that you will pour out a blessing upon this community. Lord, may there be an urgency that rises within each of us. May we not tolerate the comforts of what the world tries to throw at us. But seek a 
constant state of discomfort, but peaceful discomfort in depending on you. Grow in us that spiritual urgency, Lord. Guide us, focus us. Give us clarity. Help us to lose any earthly desire that we have and that we hold on to. But to pursue you, pour your blessing upon this community. Pour your blessing upon the marriages represented here. Pour your blessing upon the relationships and the children that are here. That that blessing will bless others from generation to generation. We pray this in the name of Jesus. 